you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Before I do the podcast every week, I spend 30 minutes in a pre-show in a voice channel on Discord just talking to people in there. And uh, if you guys wanted to get on there and hang out with me, you know, before the podcast starts every single week, I always do it so that I can work out any audio or video glitches before the show actually starts. I just hang out and answer people's questions and stuff. If you wanted to, I think that you can access it by going to telltaleatheist.com slash discord. And somebody asked me earlier when the podcast is going to be. I know it's been sporadic and confusing, and I'm sorry about that. Usually, I it happens at 9 p.m. Eastern time without fail. That's when it happens. Uh, I can guarantee you that that's when it will be. But which day it's going to be, that one's a little bit more in the air. I try to shoot for Sundays because if I do it on Monday, then everything gets all fucked up and weird. Uh, but sometimes I do it on Mondays. It will almost always be on Sundays. On occasion, it'll be on Monday. So if you're wondering when it's going to be, that's when it's going to be. Next Sunday, I'll be doing it. And I actually haven't gotten my green screen up here yet from West Virginia, but I did order basically a big green sheet that I can put on this wall back here and pin it to the wall. And when I do that, you won't have to see this disgusting white wall anymore. It's just the worst. It's just the worst color. So anyway, uh, next week I'm hoping I'll have a green screen and some cool effects. So we'll see what happens. Hi, Owen. This is Chandler, and I'm from Texas. And I was just kind of curious. Um, I know that you don't have much of a relationship with your mom. I hope you don't mind me asking What's your relationship status with your dad? Um, are you close or have you ever talked to your dad lately? Like, do you ever talk to him at all? So uh, if you ever get this message, uh, hopefully I'll be able to hear this on your podcast. All right, we'll see you. Bye. I appreciate that phone call. Interesting question. Let me tell you the answer. Uh, I do not talk to my dad anymore. You know what? I've decided that it's it's worth the deviation for me to see if I can find a picture of my dad it may be worth the time because it's it is a trip my friends it is a trip and a half oh this isn't a terribly good one. Oh my god he doesn't have any like really fucking bad pictures on here basically the dude is a complete mess he's a train wreck um and he's been a train wreck since i was a little kid he's a complete piece of shit he, I've talked about my dad a little bit on my channel. He was physically abusive. I, I have PTSD from him. He is just an evil person. He has Munchausen syndrome. And he told us, he got in a car accident when I was little. I, I was maybe six years old or something when he got in a car accident. So from that moment on, he was in a wheelchair. Uh, let's see, when I was 19 years old, I think. No, you know, maybe I was 17 years old, somewhere in there. I don't know. He walks into the room, stands up out of the wheelchair, walks in, and says, 
I've been lying to you guys and myself for 11 years. I can really walk. So 11 years, and I was six when he got in the accident, I think. So I must have been 17. He lied to us for 11 years, pretended that he couldn't walk for 11 years. We were waiting on him hand and foot. Of course, really, I knew that he could walk that whole time because... You know, he'd stand up out of his chair and grab me and throw me against a wall. But he would only do it when no one else was around. And nobody really believed me, particularly the Jehovah's Witnesses in the congregation. And I'd be trying to fight him off, you know, like scratching at him as he's holding my throat. I'm scratching at him, trying to get him away. And he would use the, like, the marks that I left trying to get away from him as evidence that I was the one that instigated it and hurt him and he was the victim here. It's just fucked up, man. Just a fucked up individual who really fucked up his kids, like fucked up how he raised them. It was just completely fucking wrong. I can't find any pictures right at this moment, but if you guys watch this clip on the podcast channel, when it releases, I'll put some clips up. Uh, next to my head so you guys can see what he looks like now and what he looked like back then. Anyway, yeah, that's why I don't talk about him. Um, he got disfellowshipped from Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, he got disfellowshipped maybe 10 years ago. At this point, I was already out of his life or he was out of mine. And we weren't really talking at all, but he turned to alcoholism again he got back into drinking and he started smoking weed and the elders at the congregation disfellowshipped him for it and then he got reinstated and then he got uh after getting reinstated he kind of left the religion behind and got a girlfriend from what i hear and went on with his own life but the fact that he got a girlfriend means my mom was scripturally free, according to Jehovah's Witnesses, to divorce him and remarry because of infidelity. So she did. She left him and divorced him and moved back to Connecticut, where we were all from originally. Left West Virginia, went to Connecticut. So anyways, um, I don't talk to him because he literally gave me post-traumatic stress disorder from when I was a kid. That's why I don't talk to him now, even though he would talk to me. But every time he m tries to contact me or my brothers or my sister, it's always to try to get money out of us for drugs, sadly. He's just, just not a good person. So anyway, there's your answer. I appreciate the voicemail. Hey, Owen, it's William here. I had a question I've been wondering. When it comes to the Mormon religion and the Mor uh, the Mormons go to the MTC before they go on their mission, and I was wondering, I've seen a lot of videos where they'll act up, be like, what a beautiful garden or what beautiful plants. Do you think they're trained on how to manipulate people at the MTC just to get them to talk to them? It'd be great if you could answer that for me. See you, Ellen. Bye. Yeah, really interesting question. Um, they definitely do. Yes, they do. For sure. Jehovah's Witnesses do it too. 
I was never a Mormon, so I can't really tell you what Mormons used to do or how they used to operate or whatever, but I can tell you how Jehovah's Witnesses operate. There, was, there used to be this thing called the Kingdom Ministry, and it was like four pages long, right? It was just this little tiny tract, basically, and they would give it out to all of the baptized and unbaptized publishers in the congregation, i.e. the people who would be knocking on doors and passing out literature to people. They'd give it out to these people, and in the back of the kingdom ministry, they would have example presentations. So Jehovah's Witnesses would have two magazines per month, and they've changed how many magazines they release every month over the years. So I think they have a Watchtower and a Wake, and they usually had, uh, when I was in it, they had um, the first of the month edition of each, and then they had a 15th day of the month edition of each. So you'd basically have two watchtowers and two awakes per week. And the goal was to pass out the watchtower and the awake together to as many people as you possibly can uh, throughout the month before the next one released, right? So every month the kingdom ministry would come out and it would have example presentations for the four magazines that released that month. If The Awake was about pollution, for example, and how polluted the earth is, they would give an example presentation, supposed to be like 30 seconds long, where you say, you know, I notice you, your yard looks mowed and nice and well-kept. Uh, how would you feel if the whole earth would look like that one day? And you wait for them to respond, and then you go off into your whole explanation of what Je who Jehovah's Witnesses are and what this magazine is about, so on and so forth. So it, in large part, with Jehovah's Witnesses at least, it is very scripted. They encourage you to kind of go off script and get personal, but it's a sales pitch at its heart. And the sales pitch is designed to sucker people into taking what you're giving them and reading it and buying what you're selling, if you will. So, yeah, I mean, Mormons do similar things. Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons and anybody who is trying to do things like that. The Moonies do it, too. Anybody who's trying to push this stuff on you are trained to be manipulative, to try to get you to take this magazine and read it and believe what it has to say. Because your life depends on it, they believe. If somebody's hanging off of a cliff about to die, and you're the only one there who's available to grab their hand and save them, would you not stop at nothing to save their life? Literally, any cost. Lie, deceive, cheat, manipulate, whatever. Whatever it takes to reach them and save their life. That's the way they view it. Let's just call me I, and I'm Pennsylvania. So I wanted to know what your opinion was on this club in my school. Uh, it's a high school, and they, it's called the Rise Up Club. And basically, it's promoting Jesus Christ and helping in daily life. But it, they say both of them are religions, but it sounds like a conversion thing. So... I don't know what your opinion was on it, if it's legal and all that. Thanks. Bye.
Let me tell you a story to lead up to the answer to your question. When Kylie was in like fourth grade or third grade or something like that, she came home with a bring your Bible to school day tract. It was a religious tract passed out by her teacher to all of the students that said, bring your Bible to school day. That's fucking, that's, that's wrong, right? I mean, it seems wrong at its face. I looked into it a little bit, and as it turns out, that is not illegal because the name of the club that was at the school is called the Good News Club, right? It's a religious club. The teacher was passing out school clubs, flyers from school clubs. That's what the teacher was giving out, and that made it legally acceptable. Now, if the teacher goes off on a tangent about Jesus on her own, with no prodding, no questions being asked. She just starts cramming it down people's throats for no reason, not linked to any club of any sort. That's illegal territory. But any club can exist at a school, as far as I know. I mean, even atheist clubs can exist at schools. So basically, the situation that you've presented is not against the law. That is perfectly legal. The the club can exist, and the teachers can sponsor the, the school clubs, and they can even pass out flyers from the school clubs, even if they're religious clubs. There's a second implied part to this question. Should that be legal? I don't know. That's a really, really complicated thing. Um, I think that schools should... I'm sorry. I think that schools should be allowed to have whatever clubs they want to have. I don't really see a problem with that necessarily. Christian club, atheist club, Muslim club, whatever. I don't give a fuck. But I, I still think teachers should be very, very careful about what they're allowed to say regarding religion because they're speaking from a position of authority as an authority figure over these students. And the things that they say hold more weight than just any other student or any other staff member or person. They are speaking as a representative of the U.S. government when they teach kids. They should be extremely careful what they say. Like, not, not just religion-wise, but generally. You can really fuck a kid up with some of the things that you say to them. Some of the things that they learn. You guys remember that girl Elizabeth Smart years and years ago? She was, I think, like 12 years old or something, and she was abducted. She was kidnapped. And all kinds of really terrible shit happened to her. She was held captive for four years by the, these crazy psychos who had abducted her. And finally, she found her way to safety. She found her way home. Went back to public school, with her, living with her parents again. And when she got to her health class, they did the tape analogy, I think. I was listening to this girl talk about it, where they take a piece of tape and they stick it to your your wrist and then you pass it to the person next to you. They stick it on their wrist. The person next to them sticks it on their wrist all the way around. And then they say, sex is like tape. If you do it a lot, you're not sticky anymore. Or, you know, chewing gum. You lose your value if you sleep with somebody a lot. Saying this to a girl, Elizabeth Smart, who was as a kid. People don't realize just how deeply some of that shit affects 
children when they say some of this shit. They don't realize how seriously they should be taking the things that they say to these children. So anyways, my point is, regarding the question, I think that teachers should be required to take things a lot more seriously than they do. I think it's kind of lackadaisical. They just say whatever the fuck they want, and they know they'll never get in trouble for it because this is a Christian nation, even though on paper it's supposed to be secular. It's like there are pockets of this country that are that act like the Christian version of ISIS, and they know they're safe in those pockets. Next, we're going to talk about Pastor Johnny Enlow's inability to admit when he's wrong. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. The first article I wanted to talk about is titled, Johnny Enlow says Trump is recognized from heaven as the primary government leader of planet Earth. Now, I've actually covered this article once before, but uh, I wanted to give you guys a reminder about it before going into the next article I wanted to talk about, which is, Johnny Enlow claims Trump is on assignment from God to take down George Soros, Bill Gates, and others. Last week, we talked about a pastor named Rick Wiles, who is obsessed with the idea that Jewish people are controlling the the world. They're controlling the governments and the money and the banks and the the fucking everything. And this kind of popped out to me, this story about Johnny Enlow, because it's like this guy is going down the exact same rabbit hole as Rick Wiles. And it's not just those two. They're, they're all going down this rabbit hole about Zionists and Jews, you know, controlling the money, like George Soros controlling everybody and everything. It's absolutely nuts. So I figured what we'd do is we would start with the first article to give you guys a reminder of Johnny Enlow and what he's been saying over the past six months or so, particularly about Trump and how he views himself. And then we'll get into the second article, which is about his views on Jews, which are less than flattering. So let's read the article and see what it says. It's written by Kyle Mantilla on Right Wing Watch. QAnon conspiracy theorist Johnny Enlow appeared on the Elijah Streams YouTube channel Friday, where he declared that Donald Trump is recognized from heaven as a legitimate president of the United States and that God is actively working to make it a reality here on Earth. This video released on January 27th, or the article about the video released on January 27th. So this was after the inauguration, and this guy is still obsessed with the idea that Trump is supposed to be the president, January 27th. But it gets even worse than that, because here we are at the end of April, beginning of May, and he's still fucking talking about this. Seriously. This guy does not like to admit when he's wrong. So let's watch this clip of Johnny Enlow. Like I said, this is from around January 27th and see what he had to say at the time. And so there's all these dimensions the Lord is coming to affect and change right now. And President Trump still has a very uh, active, viable role in that. And he will still step in on the playing field itself. 
He's even under the playing field. Believe me, God is doing things with him. Uh, and I won't go into it more than that, but he's not a path. Oh, please, dude. This guy is sitting here pretending that he knows some special information, some secret some secret nugget that nobody else knows. I won't go into it more than that. Uh, and I won't go into it more than that. Give me a fucking break. This is ridiculous. And this isn't the first or the last time this guy pulled this stunt. And he's not a passive player. He is recognized from heaven. He is recognized as the primary government leader on planet Earth. Planet Earth, not just the United States, but all of planet Earth. Give me a break. When is this guy going to enter reality and exit delusion land? No joke. People need to know that. From heaven, President Trump is recognized as the primary government leader on planet Earth. How does he wake up and look himself in the mirror every day after saying shit like this? President Trump will serve above board as well. He will serve above board and God is going to do this and it's going to be fairly quick what he does. Okay, now let me just point out what he's doing here. He says he's going to serve above board as well. He's saying that at this point around January 27th because he had to come to the realization that Trump was not inaugurated as the president on January 20th like he claimed he would be. So now he has to say, well, there will come a time when Trump serves above board and not just as president in secret, because this guy's explanation for why Trump wasn't inaugurated on January 20th as the next president is because he really was secretly inaugurated. And Biden is just this figurehead that supposedly looks like he's pulling the levers, but really Trump is the guy pulling the levers in the background. So by saying he's going to serve above board like that, he's claiming that Trump is going to be the president again publicly and not just in private. Why does he dig himself these holes? He didn't have to do that. He could have just said he, he could have just said what he said originally about Trump and just said he's serving in the background. He's continuing to dig himself holes. Robin Bullock had one of the more clever cover ups for his little fuck up by claiming that Trump would be president again. I thought his cover-up was pretty convenient. Trump has the option to go into the White House and God will supernaturally push things out of the way to let him take control again. But he has to want it, and Trump doesn't want it. That's the problem. That was Robin Bullock's explanation. And here we are, Johnny Enlow, refusing to give up, saying Trump is going to be the president again no matter what, and we're just going to have to wait and see. It's an embarrassment. Let's keep listening. And God is going to do this, and it's going to be fairly quick what he does. But this is something he did speak to me earlier. He didn't give me dates. He never gave me a date on anything, just that he would win. Why does he keep digging a hole for himself, seriously? Here's the deal. I don't call myself prophet. I don't put it on my website. I don't... Uh, I don't announce myself as prophet Johnny. A lot of people do. If he didn't believe that he was a prophet, then he would correct them. I, I've actually, I've covered this video before. I just wanted to cover it again so that we had a little bit of lead up before we continue on to the next article. But when I covered this before, I said the same thing I'm going to say now. People call me a cult expert, and I don't just let it slide. I correct them. I am not an expert in the field. I am a communicator at best. If this guy really didn't believe that he was a prophet, 
He would correct them. He wouldn't let them sit there and think that he was a prophet. But he wants people to think that. And later in this clip, I actually pulled this part out because it isn't super relevant to what we're talking about. Later on in the clip, he tries to justify calling himself a prophet. He tries to tell us, you know, I've told the leaders of these countries that they were going to discover salt mines in their countries. And lo and behold, they found these salt mines. I'm not saying I'm a prophet, you know, but if people call me a prophet, then, you know, I guess I'm a prophet. It's ridiculous. It's completely fucking shameless. I announced myself as Prophet Johnny. A lot of people do. In fact, that's how I'm announced most. And when I'm contacted, when I'm called, when government leaders contact me, that's what they, they call me. I looked into it. And as far as I can tell, U.S. government leaders don't really communicate with this guy very much, except for some members of the Republican Party. Big fucking surprise. He, what he's talking about here is mostly foreign government leaders, like the leaders of Peru or the leaders of like Venezuela or whatever else, because they genuinely do believe that he's like a prophet. Some of these people do. And they think that he can divine where mines are, where silver mines or salt mines are or whatever. It's fucking ridiculous, man. And if you receive me as a prophet, I'm a prophet. If you don't, I'm not. If a prophet to you means, do I get everything 100% correct, including timing, nuance, everything, every detail? Absolutely not. That's what a fucking prophet is, isn't it? What use is being a prophet if you can't tell us useful information that somebody couldn't just come along and guess in the first place? How do we know that you're a prophet unless the, the information you're conveying is very specific? And, and nuanced with exact times and dates. And you say it before anything happens, and then we watch it take place and unfold before our eyes in exactly the way you describe. How do we know? How do we know you're a prophet if that's not how you operate? Dude is completely full of shit. So if that's your criteria... For it is. It is my criteria. Am I a prophet? Then I'm not. So if I'm not and I'm telling you, I go with that for you. Then you can't stone me either because I'm not a false prophet. No, that's a convenient way of getting out of it, isn't it? You can't stone me. That was the punishment in the Old Testament, wasn't it? Stoning somebody if they were a false prophet or if they were a witch or, you know, whatever. I think it's really interesting that he stuck that little bit in there. You can't stone me. This coming from a guy who genuinely believes that the United States government should operate under the Old Testament laws. Seven Mountains Dominionism is what he is. He's a Seven Mountains Dominionist. It's a new level of Christian extremist. He believes that the United States government should be the Old Testament laws. And he believes that God is going to bring it to a point where it will become like the Old Testament laws. He thinks that Christians are going to take over the U.S. government, and it's going to be a big thing. And he believed that Trump was going to be the catalyst that made that take place. The fact that Trump is no longer in the picture, like he's not the president this year, that completely blows his theories to pieces. That's why he needs him to be. Anyways, that brings us to our next article about this guy. This one is, again, on Right Wing Watch, and it's titled, Johnny Enlow Claims Trump is on Assignment from God to Take Down George Soros, Bill Gates, and Others. This is by Kyle Mantilla 
on rightwingwatch.org. So let's give it a read and see what it says. QAnon conspiracy theorist and supposed prophet Johnny Enlow appeared on the Elijah Streams YouTube channel Monday, where he claims that former President Donald Trump is working with angels, specifically the archangels Gabriel and Michael, to take down Bill Gates, George Soros, and other powerful figures who supposedly control the world. Let's give the clip a watch and see what he said. What's so interesting is the word Rothschild means redcoat in Yiddish. Really? Okay, bear with me here. Uh, I, I don't know that that's a fact. That could be a completely false fact. I tend to doubt basically everything that comes out of this guy's mouth, so don't buy it by default. Let's continue. Yeah, and, and they intentionally went after the big cities, Frankfurt, Vienna, Paris, London. Uh, there's one of the five main cities of, of, of Europe, and that's how they took, and they, they established banks. That's, they established central banks, and that's how they took control no, oh, this is the old Rothschild like Jewish conspiracy theory where the, the Jews controlled all the money and all that other shit. I could be wrong here. And if I am, correct me in the comments and I'll pin it to the top. But the United States has always largely been controlled by Christian denominations. And in Catholicism, I believe it's immoral, according to the Bible, or there was a time when they believed that it was immoral to charge interest to another fellow Christian. So they would bring Jewish people in to manage the banks to create loans for people, loan people money and things like that, because it would be on Jewish people's heads. They would be the ones burning in hell rather than the Catholic bank managers, right? It was a, a product of discrimination. They would bring these people in to manage the money and the lending because they didn't want to burn in hell. They didn't give a shit if the Jewish people burned in hell. That is why there's an idea that Jewish people are associated with money like that. Let's listen to what he said again with that added context. And that's how they took, and they, they established banks. That's, they established central banks, and that's how they took control of nations. He's acting like it's some kind of a giant conspiracy theory. It's absolutely ridiculous. And so while people are looking at who's in Biden's seat, uh, the, the, you know, the traditional presidential seat. And like, well, how can you say Trump's doing something when he's not there? Believe me, that is not the power position, uh, particularly the way it is right now in the nation. Oh, I love it. This guy's having to eat crow now, basically. He sat here with a straight fucking face and told us that Trump was going to be reelected as president. And here we are. No President Trump. We have a President Biden. How does he explain that away? Now he's trying to downplay the importance of the president? Give me a fucking break. Uh, particularly the way it is right now in the nation. He is, President Trump is on assignment and he's anointed by God and the archangels are working with him. I'll tell you, Michael is working with uh, him. It's not that he's serving Oh, he has a new role. Okay, Trump has a new role to play in the government. This guy's completely fucking shameless. It's really entertaining to watch. Uh, but notice there, he mentioned the archangel Michael. And in a second, he, he mentions Gabriel, I think. Trump's the other way around. And, and Zerachiel and Gabriel. There you go. He mentioned Zerachiel and Gabriel and Michael. Jehovah's Witnesses are different from other Christian denominations in the fact that they believe that Michael the Archangel, as mentioned in the Bible, is actually Jesus. 
And I didn't really think it was that big of a deal. Like, who gives a shit? What would lead you to that conclusion in the first place, first of all? And why does anybody care? But it turns out this is actually a hot point of debate in Old Testament research, scholarly research. Michael the Archangel is not Jesus. Jehovah's Witnesses are the only people who believe that. And Old Testament scholars have debated them pretty hard. In fact, you can find videos of it on YouTube. Maybe I'll pull one up and stick it in the clip at some point. It's really fascinating. You guys should check that out. But they are going after what is being contended for and just about done is these seats that we're talking about, like where the Soros and the Gates and the Rothschilds, uh, those seats that really uh, control and affect world dynamics, those things are being taken care of behind the scenes. And it would have been harder for President Trump to do so, staying seated in the other uh, in the other seat. This is an embarrassment, man. So we moved from Trump is absolutely most definitely going to be reelected as president to Biden isn't going to be inaugurated. It will be Trump who is inaugurated to, well, Trump was actually inaugurated just secretly. And now we've moved to Trump doesn't need to be president. He's doing more important shit. You've got to be kidding me. At what point does this guy have to accept reality? Seriously, at what point does he have to accept that he's completely full of shit and he was from the very beginning and he just has to come to terms with that and admit it? Just admit when you're fucking wrong. Will this guy ever admit that he was wrong? Next, we're going to talk about a grand jury indicting the Genesis 2 cult leaders. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. The next article I wanted to talk about is titled Bleach Church Leader Admits It's Not a Church, But a Ruse to Dodge Regulation. This is on the Friendly Atheist website, written by Terry Firma. And this article is from May 8th, 2020, actually. The Bleach Church is also known as Genesis 2. I don't know if you guys have heard the name before. I've talked about them once or twice, but they believe that you can cure illnesses by drinking this concoction that they've created and it's basically made up of sodium chloride or sodium hypochlorite or something it's bleach that's what it is it's bleach it's used to clean pools and things like that it's like industrial stuff and their belief is that if you drink this it will cure everything it will cure every illness of every sort so I wanted to read this article on the Friendly Atheist website, give you guys a little background on you know what was going on with these people, and then we'll get into the latest article about them, which is Grand Jury Indicts the Bleach Church Family Over Their COVID Miracle Cure, quote-unquote. 
So let's read this article by Terry Firma and see what it says. I don't see how this can help Archbishop Mark Grennan in court, but no one said he's a legal genius. Grennan, you'll recall, runs a Florida church called the Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing, G2C, whose website peddles a sacrament that's essentially industrial bleach. A shrewd operator who appears to lack a conscience, Grennan recommends that adults and children ingest the toxic, dangerous solution as a cure for all manner of serious ailments, including COVID-19. And leading up to Trump's comments about, you know, injecting bleach or sunlight or whatever the hell else at that press briefing, if you guys remember, cue me playing it in the clip. Right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me. It turns out this guy, Mark Grennan, the leader of the Genesis 2 church, quote unquote, had been in communication with the White House, had been sending letters to them trying to tell Trump to alert him to the fact, quote unquote, that his concoction will cure anything, including COVID. And a few weeks later, after Mark Grennan had sent all these letters, then Trump comes out and says, we found out that bleach kills it. And I was wondering if maybe we can inject it in people. It was completely outrageous and circumstantially can be linked back to this guy. Anyway, let's keep reading. To what end G2C would now drop the religious act, I don't know, but here we are. Quote, in a recent video interview with the Age of Truth, an alternative media platform, quote unquote, that explores the paranormal and conspiracy theories on YouTube, the group's leader, Mark Grennan, admitted that Genesis 2 was established as a church to avoid governmental regulation. This is Terry Firma speaking. Why a church? It's sadly predictable. Quote, because everything you do commercially is under the universal commercial code, okay? A church is completely separate from those codes, statutes, and laws. That's why a priest can give a kid wine in church, probably, and not get arrested, because it's a sacrament. You can go into a church like an embassy and get political asylum. Why? Because it's not under any law. You can't arrest us for doing one of our sacraments. We could have done temple. We could have... We could have done synagogue. We could have done mosque, Grennan also said. They all have the same right. But we just chose church. People who are a member of a mosque stay a member of your mosque. This is all about health. This guy is a scumbag. This is Terry Firma. Okay, so Genesis 2 is not a church. Is it even a Christian organization? This is Grennan again. No, not at all. Genesis just means beginning. We started this by saying, I personally am... I personally am a Christian, but Jim says, well, I believe this. Jim Humble, a co-founder of the church, is a noted ex-Scientologist. Wow, ex-Scientologist. You don't see that very often because they're so extreme. And I said, just start it like a hospital. When you go to a hospital, they might ask your religion, but they're not going to stop you from being helped. Let's start a church for everyone. We have atheists in our church. This is uh, Terry Firma again. Possible. Would love to see some proof. Quote, we have every person, every gender you could imagine. We wanted to make it non-religious because I want the guy that doesn't agree with me philosophically, religiously, or whatever to still learn how to do this, to help kids, his wife. Again, help means giving them bleach to drink. No joke. 
That's what it means. According to the Bradenton Herald, quote, a federal judge has issued a preliminary injunction that extends a ban on the organization from distributing its MMS product, also known as Master or Miracle Mineral Solution, which is the bleach that they sell. The judge wrote, the court finds that the U.S. has shown a cognizable danger that defendants will continue to violate the FDCA, Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, in the future unless a preliminary injunction is issued. This is Terry Firma. That's because they've shown neither contrition nor compliance. Quite the opposite. Bolstered by the seeming support of the president of the U.S. Right, and then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Grennan and his accomplices have continued selling their miracle cure, employing no small amount of bluster. In a recent letter to, the, to U.S. District Judge Kathleen M. Williams and U.S. Attorney Matthew Feely, the self-proclaimed archbishop, still riding the religion angle, thundered, quote, You can't make a law against the practice of our sacraments, so you surely can't enforce an unlawful law. So why are you, the FDA and the DOJ, committing this gross negligence against a church of the Lord of Jesus Christ that has the freedom to practice our religious convictions that our president defends. Oh my God. This is Terry Farmer again. I've occasionally thought that the whole thing is so over-the-top absurd that it must be a giant wind-up, a satanic temple-like spiel to expose the danger and the ludicrousness of spiritual rules and exemptions for churches. Grennan's admission that Genesis 2 isn't really a church may be the harbinger of some brilliant endgame to a years-long performance piece that would delight mega-hoaxer Joey Skaggs. Then again, religion produces more than its fair share of genuinely preposterous characters and behaviors. So that's who the Genesis 2 church is. That's what it's all about. That's what this guy believes. He's trying desperately to sell this concoction that that is genuinely dangerous, and he's using religious exemption as a protection to do so. It's disgusting. So there's a new article just came out, April 24th, written by Hemant Mehta about Mark Grennan and the family that started the Genesis 2 church, quote-unquote. Let's give this article a read and see what it says. Over the past year, we've posted multiple times about the Florida-based Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing, which basically sells bleach as a cure for everything. In May, the group's Australian chapter was slapped with a $150,000 fine for selling and promoting a solution containing sodium chloride, a chemical used as a textile bleaching agent and disinfectant. The family behind it has now been indicted for fraud and criminal contempt. The group's leader, Mark Grennan, has admitted in the past that he doesn't run a church at all. That designation only exists to avoid government oversight, as we read just a minute ago. Whatever it is, though, it has an audience, which means it can cause a lot of damage, especially when he sent those letters to Trump, and Trump actually talked about injecting bleach. Like, holy shit, this guy actually reached the president. Now, the guy is a fucking idiot. The president is. So it doesn't surprise me that he would buy what this guy was selling. But come on. This is seriously dangerous shit. Last August, the U.S. FDA issued a warning against using the products because they were deemed life-threatening. 
And last July, government officials raided the church headquarters in Bradenton, Florida, and confiscated everything inside, including 22 gallons of Miracle Mineral Solution, which is their bleach stuff, 8,300 pounds of sodium chloride, and 50 gallons of muriatic acid. Oh my God, that's that's hydrochloric acid, basically, is what that is. Muriatic acid is hydrochloric acid that they use to clean concrete. Can you believe this shit? And they had all of this stuff in there. That means they were probably selling it to people to have that amount uh, on hand. Oh my God. All of that was destroyed per court order. Holy shit. The order also said that the group's websites, which sold the products, had to be taken offline immediately. Thank fuck. Grennan and his sons were charged with conspiracy to defraud, conspiracy to violate the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, and criminal contempt. Two of the sons were arrested. And now it's getting worse. Yesterday, the Department of Justice announced that a federal grand jury in Miami had returned an indictment against Grennan and his three sons. Quote, The Grennans marketed MMS as a miracle cure-all for dozens of other serious diseases and disorders. The Grennans received more than $1 million from selling it. Oh my god, a million fucking dollars. A million dollars from selling this shit. This is fucking wrong. The Grennans also allegedly threatened the federal judge presiding over the civil case and threatened that should the government attempt to enforce the court orders halting their distribution of MMS, the Grennans would pick up guns and instigate a Waco. If convicted, the Grennans face up to life imprisonment. Holy shit. This is some serious shit right here. This is Hemant Mehta speaking. At long last, the family's faith-based scam may finally be coming to an end, and they'll get the punishment they deserve. But how many people did they hurt, or worse, in the process? This is fucking disturbing. This is fucking disturbing. I've known about the Genesis 2 cult for a long time, but I didn't know about that bit where he threatened a federal judge and said... They were going to pick up their guns and, and instigate a Waco? That's a new level of fucking wrong. From my understanding, the grand jury is a group of people who have to decide if they're going to charge somebody with a crime or not. So the grand jury apparently decided they are going to charge this guy and this family. And the next steps are basically to take him to court, to take him to trial. This isn't a civil suit. This is a criminal case. This guy is going to be charged with criminal charges, and he could spend time in jail. Knowing what I do about how business works, I know that uh, retail operations like this, where he's selling a product and shipping it, they tend to have a, about a 20% profit margin, give or take. So if they've generated a million dollars, I'm guessing they probably came out with $200,000 total. And that's probably over the course of, what, 10, 15 years? So it, it isn't that much money when you look at it that way. Say $200,000 over the course of 10 years, that's $20,000 per year, basically. That's a normal salary. That's not that much money. Um, it's not like a crazy, insane amount that these guys are making from it. The biggest issue that I have is the fact that he was really genuinely hurting people. That's so fucking disturbing. At least they're facing consequences for this, and I hope they continue to face the consequences for their really for their fucked up decisions.
Next, we're going to talk about Connecticut's state legislature removing religious exemptions for school vaccines. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Next article I wanted to look at is titled Connecticut House Passes Bill Removing Religious Exemptions to School Vaccines. This is by Hemet Mehta on the Friendly Atheist website. This is a pretty big deal to me. Um, it, there are a lot of civil liberties arguments about this and things like that, but honestly, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good idea that Connecticut House passed a bill to remove the religious exemptions. So let's read this article and see what it said. Of all the things there ought to be religious exemptions for, vaccines make no sense at all. By possibly carrying and spreading a virus, for whatever the reason, other people stand to suffer as a result of the anti-vaxxer negligence. Religious freedom cannot work when someone's faith can literally harm other people. That's why Connecticut is rightly trying to eliminate its religious exemptions to vaccinations for students. As it stands, 7,600 school children have those exemptions. It's enough people that herd immunity is seriously threatened in some of their schools. I felt like this is a pretty important article to me, particularly because I live close to Connecticut, being in New York City now. And my family is from Connecticut and lives in Connecticut currently. My mom and my mom's family live in Connecticut. Now, I don't really have much of a relationship with my mom, not, not one to speak of really, but my mom's family was never a Jehovah's Witness. I have one aunt and two cousins who used to be but are now on the outside. But my grandparents and my aunts and uncles and everybody else, they were never part of the religion. And they are all perfectly happy to talk to me, have me over and hang out and the whole nine. So that's pretty cool. I am excited to go over there and, and see them for the first time in a long time. So the things that are happening in Connecticut are of interest to me. Let's keep reading. HB 6423, which passed in the State House on a 90-53 vote on Monday would eliminate religious exemptions to vaccines beginning with the 2022-2023 school year. The bill now heads to the democratically controlled state Senate. Unfortunately, Republicans were able to pass an amendment before that House vote to grandfather in students who currently have a religious exemption. In other words, the students who aren't vaccinated can continue putting everyone at risk. The government isn't about to kick them out of school once the law goes into effect but at least new students won't be able to get away with it. It almost seems self-defeating to permit that amendment, though if the bill passes, it's only a matter of years before everyone in the public school system is either vaccinated or has a legitimate medical excuse for avoiding their shots. This is a quote. Democratic Governor Ned Lamont reiterated Tuesday that he's prepared to sign the legislation into law if it passes in the Senate. I think it sends a strong signal, which I appreciate. Get vaccinated. Agreed. 100% agree. Wow. Democratic. I didn't know that that was the governor of Connecticut, Governor Lamont, and he's a Democrat. Interesting. This is Hemet Mehta. 
There's no reason to allow religious zealots, vaccine skeptics, quote unquote, or conspiracy theorists to put everyone's health in jeopardy because of their own beliefs or negligence. It's one thing to destroy your own future. No one has the right to destroy everyone else's. No one's forcing them to be vaccinated, but the government has a responsibility to make sure the foolish decisions of a faith-based minority don't block the education of the majority. This wouldn't be such a big problem if it weren't for the fact that you have to have a certain number of people vaccinated from something to prevent it from spreading to everybody else. With COVID, from my understanding, the number is 70%, I think. We have to have 70% of the people vaccinated to reach herd immunity, where the people who can't get vaccinated or don't want to they don't have to worry anymore because it's not really going to spread. It's not going to spread, at least not as easily. Measles, on the other hand, it has to be like 95% vaccinated or something like that to reach herd immunity because it's so infectious. It's extremely infectious. That's why it's so important for people who are in a public school system to be vaccinated. If they're going to be in large groups... They need to be vaccinated for the sake of the people who legitimately can't, like for allergies, for example, or something like that. If they don't want to get vaccinated, that's fine. They don't have to. No, but nobody has to get vaccinated, but they can't go to school. They can't go to public school and be around kids, other kids their age, because they are a risk to everybody around them. I think that's a fair trade-off. You don't want to take precautions that keep society safe. You can't be in society. Perfectly fair trade-off to me. I really feel bad for the kids whose parents are sucked into this bullshit, though, who are convinced that vaccines are evil and they're skeptics and blah, blah, blah. I was walking through the park the other day. We were keeping our distance and we had masks and we were safe. But right in the middle of COVID, some idiot without a mask, walks by holding a giant sign saying something about how the vaccine isn't safe and it's not wrong to be a skeptic and all of that shit. When are people going to come to their senses? Honestly, I hope the U.S. has a high enough percentage of people who are willing to take the vaccine that we're even capable of reaching herd immunity. I don't know that that's the case. We can just hope for the best. Let's keep reading. You would think being in the middle of a pandemic would make this abundantly clear, but one party remains beholden to the religious right. Thank goodness there are enough voices of reason in Connecticut's legislature that it appears this bill will be passed soon enough. And how sad is it that we just knew that the party who was going to oppose this was going to be the Republicans? Why was it that fucking obvious? For some reason, the, the Republican Party not talking about people who believe in conservative ideals, not talking about people who are more traditional, more on the traditional side or whatever. I'm talking Republicans, like cultists, you know, Trump supporters, Trump cultists, those types of people. Why is it that we can always depend on them to make the stupid decisions that risk people's lives? Why is that? The, why is it so obvious? Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week.
If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel, where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.